You're listening to 91.9 KBCR News. I'm Jessica Greenwell. On Fridays, we speak with former Press Enterprise columnist and longtime KBCR News contributor Cassie McDuff about some of the big stories around the Inland Empire. Good morning, Cassie. Good morning, Jessica. So first up, Moreno Valley Unified may lay off 70 school administrators, counselors, custodians, and other employees to cut costs this spring. What happened? Well, first, school districts are required by California law to notify affected employees of possible layoffs by March 15th every year in advance of the next school year. So Moreno Valley Unified, the school board, was presented with the proposed layoffs in January, and the board said no. But the proposed layoffs came back in February after some negotiations with the two labor unions that represent those employees, and some tweaks were made, and this time the board said yes. If the layoffs go ahead, 15 paraprofessional positions would be eliminated because the grant that funded them has run out. Six elementary school assistant principals would be eliminated, along with several specialized managers, six school counselors, six clerks, three bus drivers, and seven and a half full-time equivalent custodians. It sounds like there are bumping rights, meaning some employees with seniority will be able to bump into lower-level, lower-paying positions, displacing those employees instead. But the district will also reduce some employees' salaries and hours of work to cut costs without having to let anybody go. So how did Marina Valley Unified get into a position where they may need to cut employees? Well, the district currently owes about $108 million to settle lawsuits with two former students who were molested by a teacher back in the 1990s, and also $27 million to settle a lawsuit in the death of a middle school student who was beaten by two bullies and later died. The district does have liability insurance, but it's only covering a small portion of the settlements. So are other school districts possibly doing the same? Yes, the Alverd Unified District, their board approved cutting 49 positions, and Riverside Unified is also facing cuts. And so these boards are just approving potential layoffs, right? Yeah, I don't think we'll know until closer to the next school year exactly how many people will actually lose their jobs. Okay. And a judge is urging regulators to reject Norco's bid to force SoCal Edison to put major transmission lines underground. Right. The judge said Norco's petition to force the undergrounding of these high-voltage transmission lines, which was just filed in October, came about two years too late. The environmental reviews were done before the so-called Riverside Transmission Reliability Project was approved four years ago. Now, Harupa Valley had also filed a lawsuit over the project, but they filed in 2016, and as a result, the four miles of the power lines through that city will be buried. But Norco didn't formally protest the project until two years after that protest window had closed. So the remaining 5.3 miles of transmission lines will be above ground if the California Public Utilities Commission goes along with this judge's proposed decision. The transmission project has been in the works for nearly two decades. It will provide a second connection for Riverside to the regional power grid. Without it, Riverside says it would be vulnerable to outages and its economic growth would be limited. The city is working with Edison to install the transmission lines along the I-15 corridor through Eastvale, Harupa Valley, and Norco. So why does Norco want the lines underground? Well, unlike Harupa Valley, which cited property values, 
Norco cited the danger of power lines sparking wildfires during our notorious Santa Ana winds. It cited the deadly fires in Paradise, California, and Maui, Hawaii in recent years. But experts say most electricity-sparked wildfires are caused by smaller distribution lines, not the giant transmission lines that are carried on towers as tall as 180 feet. So who has the last word on whether this will happen? The California Public Utilities Commission, its next meeting is March 21st in San Francisco, but we won't know until March 11th if it will actually take up this issue at that meeting. And what is the resistance from Riverside and SoCal Edison with putting these lines underground? Well, it turns out it's a lot more expensive, millions of dollars more expensive to put them underground. Well, next up. The Riverside County Board of Supervisors, on a split vote, decided a mining company has vested rights to extract gravel near Corona. Yeah, Robertson's Ready Mix is already mining aggregate or gravel on about 150 acres south of Corona in the Temescal Valley. But when the company approached Riverside County about expanding the mine by 657 acres, the county questioned whether the company had a pre-existing right to expand mining onto the rest of the 792 acres it owns. The project had come under fire from residents concerned about noise and dust, but also the Pechanga Band of Indians was concerned that the expanded mine could disturb tribal artifacts remaining in the Temescal Valley. The County Board of Supervisors postponed a decision on whether Robertson's held that vested right to mine all of its acreage until the Pechanga and Robertsons could negotiate how any artifacts should be handled. So the tribe and the company now have agreed on how to proceed. So the Board of Supervisors took a vote this week on that vested rights issue. The vote was three to one with Supervisors Karen Spiegel, Ixtian Gutierrez, and V. Manuel Perez voting in favor, Supervisor Kevin Jeffries against, and Supervisor Chuck Washington abstaining due to a conflict of interest. So when will the mine expansion happen? Well, this clears away the one significant legal hurdle, but there may still be some permits the company needs to get from regulatory agencies, so it might not happen immediately, but I would think it will proceed fairly quickly now. Well, thanks for that update. And lastly, a food truck maker has set up shop in San Bernardino County after being accused of failing to deliver to customers in San Joaquin County. So a man named Fernando Ochoa Haurigi, age 27, he worked for a food truck maker in Modesto until he believed he could restore and build food trucks himself. He started his own company, ate a food truck last year, but quickly got in over his head. He took multi-thousand dollar deposits from customers in Northern California, but many said he never produced the food trucks or catering trailers he promised. And in the midst of all these complaints, he expanded from Ceres near Modesto to San Bernardino County. Three people here are now trying to get their money back from him, along with many in Northern California. Haurigi said he's trying to work out payment plans to refund people's money, but he said he's still planning to keep trying to expand his business by advertising. The chief deputy DA in Stanislaus County says dozens of victims have complained and more keep coming forward. One victim, a man from Victorville, took him to court and got a $28,000 judgment against him. Harigi has promised to start making refunds as soon as today, February 23rd. Yeah, and it's not just about the money for these folks. This was a starting point for starting their own businesses. Yeah, their dreams have been shattered, they say. It's really a shame. That's got to be frustrating. 
Well, thank you so much, Cassie, for your reporting. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Jessica. Longtime journalist Cassie McDuff helps us out regularly on our Friday morning news wrap, and these reports are posted at kbcrnews.org. This report is made possible with the support of the Southern California News Group, publisher of the Press Enterprise, San Bernardino Sun, Inland Valley Daily Bulletin, and other Southern California newspapers. I'm Jessica Greenwell, KBCR News.